men. We are not simple, chest-thumping, rock-smashing, fire-starting barbarians. We have depth. We intensely feel. We are scared, yet brave. We love to have fun. We're imperfect and make mistakes. We're compassionate and loving. We are multifaceted. Let's explore the reality of masculinity together. All right. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I think some women may be cheering in the background saying, yes, please talk about it more. (laughs) You saw the title. You know what we're going to be talking about. That is maturing in masculinity. And it might be a little bit different than you think. So bear with me as we dive into this topic and the different facets of it. And even, I would say more importantly, not just the facets of it, but also the key components that you need to have in your life to really grow into the man that you're meant to be, the healthy masculinity to really embrace it and evolve and not just stay stagnant where you are. And the thing is, is that every man goes through different stages in life. We're not necessarily going to be breaking all of those stages down today. Um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend uh, a book called The Amazing Development of Men by Alison Armstrong. She goes into great detail about the different stages or the evolution of a man from, you know, a little boy or a knight into a prince and into a king. Understanding where you're at within those stages, I think, is really important. If you're not in any of those stages, you may be in a transition state between one of those stages. And sometimes those transition states can be some of the darkest, scariest, most unknown places. But if you know that you're in that transition state, then just having an understanding of where you're at sometimes brings peace. You can't avoid it. There, there is no avoiding the transitions from one stage to another stage. You have to be willing to accept the reality that you're going to evolve and go through those. But you can shorten a transition to where that discomfort isn't as long and drawn out. So I highly recommend it. The Amazing Development of Men by Alison Armstrong. If you haven't already read it, I would say pick it up, Audible, Amazon, wherever you want to get it. If you have it, I would suggest reading it again. It's one of those kind of cornerstone books, at least for me in my life. Now, I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time there. I I want to approach maturing in masculinity from a slightly different angle. But I feel it's important to highlight places that I've gleaned and, and learned from and even mentors that I've learned from. And we're going to get into mentors here in just a second. But I want to spend our time today breaking apart the three legs, if you will, on the tripod that make up a well-rounded man. And having these three components in your life will actually accelerate those transitions that I just talked about, but it'll also even accelerate the stages that you go through. It's not that once you become a king, referring back to Allison's book, that all of a sudden you stop growing as an individual, but by the time you become a king, you've really anchored yourself in certain key components that define you internally. Now, going back to what I want to spend time on today, that is those three legs that make up the tripod. 
or those three anchors that you should really have in place in your life in some degree. And essentially what you're doing is you're building a three-tier life around you and it drives, it's kind of the fuel for driving that maturing internally. And the first one, it's having a mentor in your life or having two or five or 10 or 20. Now, mentors can be varying in, in how you glean from them it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that's local that you can meet for coffee once a week or once every other week. If you can, that's great. Obviously, having somebody that's local that is in relationship with you is ideal. But that's not always available. And not having that available is not an excuse to not have mentors in your life. You can literally have a mentor that is an author or videos that you watch or actors or you name it. Essentially, a mentor is someone who is farther along in life than you are in the direction that you want to take yourself. Now, word of caution here is, if you're going to go and find these mentors, you want to first spend some time very clearly identifying what success means to you. Because a lot of us guys, we have this perception of success but we end up chasing the wrong definition of it. For some, that is, you know what? Success is having $10 million in the bank and retiring by the time I'm 35. If that's your definition, that's great. There's nothing wrong with pursuing that. All I'm saying is clearly identify what success is for you before you start to go out and find mentors that help move you towards what you may think success is. For me, success is very much defined by me being present with my kids, right? That's, that's like one big component for me. Financial success, absolutely. But even deeper than that is being present with my kids, investing in them, loving them, guiding them. So for me, I'm not going to pursue someone who maybe their advice or their coaching, or their trainings, or whatever it may be, is, you know what, you just need to work, you need to find somebody that's going to watch your kids, and you, you need to work 100 hours a week, because that's the only way you can get successful in life. That might be for them, but for me, that's not my definition of success. And so I'm going to find men who have modeled what my definition of success is, in the sense of, yes, absolutely providing for my kids. But along with doing that is being present with them, is cultivating an environment of safety and growth and love. You know, me and my kids, we, we have this thing that we say, well, we're going to fagual. So you might be asking, well, what is fagual? Well, that is, we identified five anchors in our family that we are going to be known for. And those are family, growth, wealth, adventure, and love. And so, fagual. And we will literally say to each other, have we fagualed this week? <laughs> and if we haven't, if we haven't been leaning into those, then we draw our attention back to that and do, okay, we got to do something that's going to be adventurous this week because fagual is what makes up who we are. And so because my definition of success is wrapped around my family unit and being a good dad and a present dad, 
than one of my mentors is individuals who are challenging that aspect of who I am. So first and foremost, you need to identify what success is for you. And don't take it lightly. You need to spend some time on that. And then from that, it's a springboard into now. Where are individuals that are further along than I am in my definition of success that I can lean into? Once you've identified them, then you need to position your heart. And position your heart means being willing to let, whether it's that content or that individual, challenge you. Challenge your norms, your perceptions, your beliefs, your habits, all of that. If the individuals that you say are mentors are not making you feel uncomfortable every now and then or disrupting what you have created as a norm, then I would actually question whether or not they're a mentor. So the first leg in this tripod is the mentors. The second leg is your peers. And not just, hey, I've got a couple friends that I have fun with every now and then. When I say peers... What I'm talking about is the men that are in the trenches with you. Now, they could be local. They could not be local. But they are in the trenches, meaning they are the individuals that you invite into your vulnerable moments, the moments that you don't want to let people into. You know, for me, I struggled with porn addiction for years. And one of the biggest things that disrupted that was when I started to have the pull towards that, I literally picked up the phone and called a friend, one of my guy friends, one of my peers. It was like, hey man, I don't even know why, but I, I, wanna, I wanna look at porn right now. I just, I just do. And sometimes just calling them was enough to disrupt it to where that pull wasn't there anymore. Sometimes it was a deeper thing that emotionally was coming to the surface and I was terrified of. And so I wanted to gravitate towards a false sense of intimacy or comfort. And that was the outlet that I learned at a really young age. So the peers are the ones that are in the trenches with you. They're, they're your core. You know, I, I say it's good to have anywhere from two to four, I mean, less than a handful of guys that are in your core. They are the guys that you are brutally honest with, the good and the bad, in where you're at. They get to see that quote-unquote ugly side of you. It's not meant for everyone. It's only a select few that you've established trust with. Now, you may be saying, Josh, I don't have peers. Like, I don't have peers in that sense that you're defining. I don't have guys that are in the trenches with me. And I would say to that, well, it may be time for you to disrupt the kind of relationships that you've grown accustomed to and invite men into those areas that maybe you're keeping them at bay. The only way that trust is established is if you're willing to risk and be vulnerable. The guys that I have in my life that are a part of my core, some of them I've known for eight, 10 years. Some of them I've known for months. One in particular but we really clicked and I was willing to open up and risk and in the response to risk was love and then vice versa. He did the same. And through that, we've become very close. And so now he's a part of my core. It's important to have at least one guy who is local. 
If you don't have that right now, that's okay. A lot of us guys, we don't naturally build community the way that a lot of women can. doesn't mean that we can't, but it requires more intentionality and time. And so peers, that second leg, is the guys that are at a similar place in your life. For me, I'm in my late 30s and I've got three kids. And my peers, maybe they don't have kids. Some of them do, some of them don't. But they're at that similar stage of life. And so they're at a similar place of evolution in who they are. And they're being vulnerable with me and opening up. And I'm able to champion them. Essentially, we link arms with one another and move forward in who we are meant to be. So we have mentors. Those are the ones that are challenging you. And one thing to point out is a peer can actually have moments of mentoring you. I know for me, the guys that are my peers that are part of my core, they've called me out. And that's where that kind of mentor type role is. Big brother, whatever you want to call it. But overall, they're a brother. Doesn't mean they don't have big brother moments or I've even had peers that really stepped into kind of a father type role in a moment. And it was really healing to me. But it's not the role that they are primarily in. Primarily, they're in a place of, hey, we're at a similar place and I'm going to invite you into my process and you're inviting me into your process and we're really linking arms. We're in the trenches together, the emotional trenches. So you have the mentors, then you have the peers. Lastly, you have the mentees. Now, similar to a mentor, it doesn't mean that they are younger than you. What it means is they are not as far along in some part of life as you are, and you're investing in them. You're investing your time or your energy or your knowledge. You're actually inviting them into your process, but their exposure to your process is really for the sake of teaching them or equipping them or challenging them, right? You're the mentor in that relationship. A couple things I think is really important in that is, one, if you have individuals that are fitting that bracket, then I would say you need to set expectations. Because as someone who is going to be the one challenging, who's going to be the one who is stretching them, it's really important to have that clarity in that relationship. It doesn't mean like, all right, so you've applied for this role as a mentee, and I'm going to be challenging you in these ways. I'm not talking about that. It's, it's more along the lines of, hey, do I have permission to be really honest with you if there's certain things that I see that you're either doing or feeling or expressing that might be unhealthy or maybe mistakes that I have made that I would love for you to not make? However you want to position that or say that. But really what you're doing is, is you're giving of your experience, of your time, of your energy, of your emotion without the expectation of getting anything back. You're investing in someone because it's the thing that you need to have that third leg in the tripod of masculinity. Because believe it or not, you get something out of it, not in a manipulative way, but when you start to invest in others, then what happens is you start to get clarity in your identity. I know for me, a lot of my growth has come from when I am teaching or leading. It's not that I have arrived and I've mastered X, Y, or Z. Sometimes 
me saying something, whether it's in this podcast or speaking or wherever it may be, sometimes me saying it is challenging myself or it's helping me refine my message in life, my identity. And so finding men to invest in is really valuable for you, but at the same time, valuable for them. There's too many men that are growing up fatherless. And that doesn't necessarily mean the dad's not home. There are a lot of fatherless men who had a dad present physically, but not emotionally. Or had a dad that provided financially, but was never even physically present. And so it's important for you to step into that role for the men that you see that are not as far along in life as you are in certain areas. Now, it could be something official, like you could have an intern, or it could also be just a friend or someone that has really trusted you with their process. They may not have communicated, hey, I'm positioning my heart to be stretched and to learn from you, but they've been open to your input and to your guidance. And in that, whether you like it or not, you are shaping their world. You are shaping their future. You're shaping their internal paradigms. And at the same time, you're shaping your own identity in the way that you choose to articulate and invest and be emotionally available for the people that you end up mentoring. So maturing in masculinity, it's a lot like anything else. You will become more successful at it the more you're willing to invest in it. So if you go out of your way to find these three different elements and you will find yourself becoming more and more clear in who you are and really owning that king that is inside of you and is longing to be embraced and celebrated. So how do you mature in masculinity? Well, the best thing you can do is find those three legs, find those three different areas of relationship. Individuals that are investing in you or challenging you or teaching you and are further along in your definition of success. Peers who are in the trenches, who you pick up the phone and call when it's the last thing that you want to do, that you choose to be vulnerable with and get messy with. And then finally, those that you want to invest in. You have those three and you'll be surprised how quickly you can mature into this well-rounded masculinity that so many in our society are starved for right now.